All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs no deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Can you see it? Did you know Checked, but the puck comes right to Pedersen, who tries a bank pass for Besser. In with a shot, he scores! Moments notice. It arms To the line, Hughes, scores! I cover Quinn Hughes and what he's doing to the Canucks. Just wave the guy and get Demko involved. I wanted them in and Valentine's Day. Wow, we should do a radio show together. <laughs> right on. I want to fist bump you right now. Pearl steals, cutting in, shoots, scores! Don't waste all the good stuff on the off-air, let's go.
Hello, Canucks fans, and welcome back to another episode of the Canucks Conversation, presented by the great folks at Parallel 49 Brewing. My name is David Quadrelli, and thank you for joining us this week for episode 71. Joining me now is my co-host, Chris Faber. Big shout out to Parallel 49 Brewing. I had 15 Parallel beers last night. What? Yep. Not even hung over one bit because Parallel 49 beer is a good beer. Whoa. Yeah. Okay. Had a bunch of IPAs. It was $3 drinks at Colony. I'm staying downtown. Uh, as you know, I'm there for a conference right now with my union. Uh, and yeah, it's pretty cool. Like living downtown van. I'm getting like the full experience now. It took me like two months to get downtown. Uh, and now I'm down there for like a full week. So I'm having a good week so far. JD Burke's ears just uh, perked up when he heard unions. IPA and unions. JD <laughs> yeah. Burke's, yeah, he's definitely logged on right now. Loving it. Okay. We got a lot to get into today. Uh, first, we want to talk about the giveaway we're doing on our Twitter. You can go check it out right now. Uh, the pinned tweet on our Twitter is a very hyped version of Chris and I. Talking about a giveaway, I'm throwing in boxes. Uh, we are giving away three team triples boxes. Thanks to our friends at Zephyr Epic, Z-E-P-H-Y-R, Epic.com. Uh, we are going to be sending three to one lucky person who retweets that video. So you can go check it out on our Twitter. And the other giveaway is for our Patreon subscribers only. If you're in the 5 or $10 tier, thanks again to Zephyr Epic. We are going to be sending one of our Patreon subscribers a Series 2 hobby box, which is like $120 value. We're just going to be sending it to one person. So definitely go check out the Patreon. And if you don't have a lot of money, like I don't, to be shelling out to podcasts, I wouldn't if I was, uh, you know... If I if I was in the financial situation I, I was a while ago, I support ago. podcasts on Patreon. I tr- I would love to. I I can't. Like when I was when I was in school, there was no way. Now oh. maybe maybe now now they got all that podcast money. I'll give a shout out to uh, Pucks on that podcast. One of the longest, actually, yeah, I guess the second longest running uh, Vancouver hockey podcast out there. I was watching Ryan Schapp, who's the host. I was watching him play a. Um, an NHL game one time. He was like on Twitch or something playing NHL. And I was just saw it on Twitter. Started watching. He had a hat trick with Eric Goodbranson. And I like messaged in the Twitch stream. And I was like, if you get five goals with Eric Goodbranson, I'll become a Patreon supporter of the show. Uh, he ended up scoring five goals in one game with Eric Goodbranson. So like, I'm like, I've been a supporter ever since. So oh, I get I all the bonus it. content. Pucks on that. Check them out if you want like a, um, a league-wide podcast. But if you want Canucks content, stay right here because we got a lot of that coming up. Yeah, keep it locked in because here we go. We're just going to jump right into it. Chris, I think the main thing we got to talk about is the Canucks top six. Brock Besser came back last night, and boy, was he a step up on Louis Erickson in the top six. Oh, man. <laughs> Felt good to have Louis... Out of the lineup. <laughs> I know that sounds mean, but like, it was really good to get Brock Bester back. I'll say it that way. That's a little bit better. Um, but uh, yeah, like, I liked him with Horvat, but I still feel like Toffoli's going to get on that line pretty soon. Yep. Right? Like, it just makes a lot more sense to me. But uh, definitely impactful. The the fan that threw a puck on the ice during his shootout, what the hell was that all about? I wouldn't about? call him a fan. I would call him a rioter. An idiot. <laughs> yeah, he was, he was there in 2011 rioting. Actually, you know what? I think... Like somebody said, I you know, take take this with a grain of salt. It was somebody in an Islanders jersey, so they were clearly trying to you know mess up Brock. But then again, you and I know firsthand we've had a lot of people DM us some weird shit with their like theories and everything they know about the team. That is true. Yeah, that's like so. So you know what? Maybe it was just uh, maybe it was just a disgruntled Canucks fan Could upset about us. the losing streak. Yeah, I guess so. I just think that. So Brock Besser that comes back, definitely what you just mentioned there, like he comes in, makes the top six a lot better. Like the whole situation where we thought it was going to be eight weeks, it turns out to only be, what was it, like four? Four, 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 four. weeks, which yeah. is like crazy to me that he came back that fast. But I guess, I don't know, it's a strange way of reporting. We've talked about this in like past episodes about how this team has kind of 
done a different job this year of like reporting us injuries and reporting a lot of different situations. Like a lot of it's been broken by reporters who are just doing excellent jobs and breaking news for us. But Brock Besser comes back and they kind of needed like everything to beat the Islanders the other day. Um, 49 shots on Thatcher Demko. Like they needed to get four goals on on the scoreboard that night because they were just bleeding shots. But, you know, like at five on five, they ended up actually playing like exactly 50-50 with shot attempts. Uh, with the Islanders, so they they had to kind of open it up, and Brock Besser is the type of player that fits right into a roster when you want to open it up like that. So I thought he was pretty impactful. Definitely looked a little bit rusty in certain situations, but that line is just like it feels off to me for some reason. Seeing Besser there with Horvat, but I kind of like that line because obviously it's a it's an upgrade to what Louis Erickson is on that line. Um, but even after like seeing what Jake Vertanen brings to that line, you know, thinking about the option that Tyler Toffoli is going to bring to that line. It's almost like Brock Besser just makes a lot more sense to me uh, back with Pedersen and Miller. I don't know how few feel the same way or whatever. No, like, man, I, I tweeted it out as soon as he came back. I'm like, don't be surprised if we see, like, you know, Travis Green loves tweaking his lineup. I think the first tweak he's going to make when he doesn't like what he's seeing from his top six is, you know, let's put Toffoli down with yeah. uh, the Horvat and Pearson line. And, yeah, like, that's one player we're going to talk about very shortly here is Bo Horvat because there was some talk earlier this week about, oh, you know, the uh, I think it was the 1040 postgame show. People were calling it saying, yeah, hi, first-time caller. Uh, I'd really like to rip the C off Bo Horvat's jersey and just slap it on JT Miller's jersey. Like, what? Yeah, that was uh, – well, that's the only problem. Like, I don't even want to talk about it so much because, like <laughs> – Maybe like some people did called in 1040, but the people that are on Twitter and like freaking out about it, there's so many more of those people than there is people actually talking about the Horvat thing. So like, I love it. I don't know. This is like, this is why people like, it's so strange. Canucks Twitter is so weird because it's just like people freak out and they're like, oh, you're so negative. But it's like, man, the double negatives on Canucks Twitter is so crazy. Like when somebody finds one, if one person has one little negative take, everyone just piles on it. But it's like, it's kind of funny. And it's also awesome that Canucks Twitter is like that. does that to people, but I guess, like, I didn't see a lot of people talking about it. No, I think no. that, you know, the way that JT Miller has played, he 100% is deserving to have an A on his chest. Yeah. yeah. If not right now, definitely next year, yeah. I think. Um, but, he, like, Bo Horvat's the captain. Like, he's the captain of the Vancouver Canucks. He's going to be for a long time here. Um, there's no chance that that's happening. It's, like, it's, it's just a stupid, maybe, like, a few callers said it on 1040 after they got... After the after a loss, but after some parallel forty nine, yeah, they should, and then maybe they'll cool down a little bit. But I, I just I don't think it's like even like that much to talk about because no. I really don't think a lot of people were doing. I think it was kind of overblown with yeah. the amount of people yeah. that were yeah. reacting to it. There's a lot of people reacting to the little amount that we saw people saying to take the C off of or add that. us to the list. Yeah, <laughs> but it's just you know like that's the other thing. It's not a it's not a big deal. He's not getting the C taken away from. Yeah. But I do like the idea of J T Miller having an A on his chest because I just. You know, you watch the way that that guy plays a game, and like, there's nothing he does poorly. No, and he does everything at like a hundred percent. Yeah, he just like now that he's killing penalties, like seeing that part of his game that we didn't see in the earlier part of the year, like that part's impressive. Him on every single four check is impressive. On the power play, he's impressive. Three on three in overtime, he's impressive. Like, it's just it's blown me away how impactful JT Miller could be. And I look back at what I thought when they made that trade, and I just. I was so wrong, and I'm totally fine saying that because, like, I I like being wrong when it's like a good thing for the Vancouver Canucks. I'm totally fine with being wrong. I thought they gave up so much for JT Miller at the trade deadline. I was losing my mind. I was in the arena when that, or I guess yeah, like, we had I think just we were met. walking in. Yeah, we did. 
I, and I was just walking in when the trade kind of broke and everyone's going nuts <laughs> and like <laughs> I was too but um I'm just glad that like my tweet hasn't uh hasn't resurfaced like Jackson's always has, but uh, I'm in a battle with Disco Stew in the goddamn Canucks Twitter March Madness, and he's been digging up old tweets of mine oh and God. calling me out everything, but uh, I'm not worried about it. And speaking of, you uh, you are winning your battle like right now as we speak. Hopefully this doesn't yeah, hopefully turn this really doesn't bad because like, there's a couple hours left in it, but yeah. you're beating Alex Ald right now. Well, I think people are just looking at it and seeing that I've never let in a goal for, again, like for the Canucks. Good point. You know, like... My save percentage for the Canucks, still zero, but I also haven't allowed a goal. That's so, pretty good. Yeah, like he got team MVP with a 907 save percentage. So I'm just saying. No, I'm just kidding. I would, yeah, that was so funny. We were, you know, some of our friends were talking about, oh, Matt, you just got to drag him through the mud. I'm like, not a chance of dragging <laughs> Alex all through the mud. Um, but yeah, hopefully I'm winning that matchup and then I'll be facing either Blake Price or Canuck Clay. Uh, Canuck Clay, I said it before, he's the only guy I'm okay with losing to in this tournament that I'll just be like, all right, Can't be mad. I'd vote for Canuck Clay over myself. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I've, I've taken Disco Stew. I know Disco Stew's a long-time uh, Canuck, uh, Canuck Twitter personality, but um, I've got some heat. I've been doing some digging. He's something else. Okay, I've I want to propose one more thing to you okay. about the Horvat thing, and like, you know, everybody's like, oh, oh Miller's so much better. Sorry, sorry, sorry. But I just want to say, like, man... What's Miller's numbers looking like if he's playing with Pearson and Erickson for half the season? Yeah. Like, that's all I'm trying to say. Like, you know, man, like, Miller's great, and he's, he's doing everything very well. But, man, like, Horvat hasn't been bad, especially the situation he's been given. Yep. I'm in a very laughy mood, by the way, just thinking about this take and, like, that it was a legitimate <laughs> thing that some people were saying. Really Anyways, dumb. we're just jumping to the next thing. Okay, we got to talk, you know, we just talked about Miller p- killing penalties. How about the Pedersen line playing a bit of a matchup role last night? He was out, you know, Travis Green called in an understatement when Drancer asked him the question, um, uh, you know, you put out uh, PD against the Bar- Barzell line a few times, and he, uh, Green was like, "That was a, that's an understatement. He's was purposely doing it. He wanted Barzell up against Pedersen, and man, you look at it, and Barzell was shut down more than once by Thatcher Demko, but man, that PD line really did a good job in a shutdown role. And the reason I'm talking about this is because on our last show, I proposed it to you. I'm like, the Canucks' bottom six is losing them games late. The Horvat line is getting eaten alive at five on five with Louie, not Horvat's fault. And um, I looked at it and I say, okay, why don't you try the Pedersen line in a bit of a more matchup role? Because you know what? They have the puck most of the time that they're on the ice. And when they don't have it, JT Miller and Elias Pettersson are pissed off that they don't have it. And they're actively trying to get it. And they have the speed to get it and then turn the play the other way and control so much in the other end. And now they have to fully on that line too. Like, man, I looked at it and I said, you know what? They should be in in a bit of more of a matchup role. They can keep the puck in the other end. Well, they can match up against the other team's top line. Exactly. They can even, yeah, like they can go toe-to-toe with the best lines in the league. I'm fully confident saying that. And I think, you know, that was the start of it what we saw last night and it resulted in a win um so i i'm very interested to see if green kind of continues with that ideology of putting the uh Pedersen line in a matchup role mm-hmm. i just yeah it's weird it's called a matchup role like but at the same time it's right it just feels weird saying that because that's when i think of a matchup role i think of like this line is made to match up against other teams lines but it's almost like the big matchup like it was like it was like uh, in the West Coast Express era, they used to match up against. It was like the best times when Ottawa came to town because it was Alfredson, Heatley, Spezza against Bertuzzi, Morrison, Naslin, and that was like so much fun. It was like yeah. the best two lines in the NHL at the time. Uh, I don't think that you know the Canucks are, have a really good first line. I don't know if it's like that level, 
But I mean, if you like, you just mentioned it, JT Miller is a great two way player. Elias Pettersson's a you know a pretty solid two way player. Oh, yeah, I know that yeah. a lot of people are saying that he's going to win a Selkie in his career. Like, okay, maybe, like maybe yeah, if yeah. he if he like he when he Lady came Bing. into his rookie year, he was very impressive on like just knowing where to be. He was also playing center then. Now he's playing wing. But if you look at him in like the defensive zone, the thing that I like about that line is Pedersen and Miller are both like playing defensively like centers. You know, like they're not yeah. floating on the wing and covering point shots as much. Like that's what Tyler Toffoli's job is to kind of check both points out, like keep the shots away from them. And obviously they're going to have to rotate. One of them will go up there. But they're kind of playing like two centers. And you see when they change as well. Like Elias Pedersen goes on for a guy like Bo Horvat or goes on for Adam Goddard or Brandon Sider. Like he's playing center sort of still. But JT Miller's just taking all the face offs. But that's what I like about that line is that, like, I don't know if JT Miller was like this when he was as a winger. With the Tampa Bay Lightning, like I don't know if he was playing this type of defensive game, just because I, I just didn't see enough of it. Yeah, we but, don't watch enough. But he takes the faceoffs, and he's so good in his defensive zone that it's like having two defensive centers out there. Like centers have to play a different way when they're playing in the defensive zone than a winger. And I think that when you have two guys doing it and covering for each other, that's what I really like about that line. And they just, yeah, with Tyler Toffoli there, they they just don't seem to get scored on a lot, which is good. Because that line's going to go out there and score a lot of goals. They scored a 5-on-5 goal uh, the other day against the Islanders uh, on Tuesday. And that line is great. The the Zach McEwen Godet roussel line seems to be doing pretty good. They scored two goals at 5-on-5 uh, against the Islanders as well. Um, you know, like, even the Tyler Mott, uh, Brandon Sutter, Jake Vertanen fourth line is like, you look at that as a fourth line, and it's like, okay, that's pretty good. So, like, when Brock Besser came back into this lineup, it really got a lot better because I think that for a long time we didn't really think about what what Brock Besser and Tyler Toffoli mean to this team right like Tyler Toffoli was a huge addition but at the same time as like we got a subtraction of Brock Besser that same week Mm -hmm. that we haven't really seen what type of impact it is that he can have on this team and it just it looks a lot better when you get him in there yeah because it's it just it drops guys like Jake Vertanen down and Zach McEwen keeps scoring goals like this like he's gonna have a spot in the NHL just like Jim Benning wants but like it's it's crazy to me to think how much of an impact uh, just Brock Besser has been able to have because of Tyler Toffoli being added to this team. It makes Tyler Toffoli's addition and trade look so much bigger because like he was one of the top guys at, at the trade deadline to go out there and get, and the Canucks did that. But like I mentioned, like it was addition and a subtraction so fast that we didn't really get to see why or what impact Tyler Toffoli can actually yeah, have. Yeah. And the fact that he's successful on that first line is just huge. Tyler Toffoli is the most points per game of any deadline acquisition. Mm-hmm. So I believe it, yeah. Man, like, he, 10 points in 10 games for the Canucks, and man, like, he has looked awesome. And exactly the top six is just like, man, you just look at it and see how much of an improvement it was from just two games ago. And it's unbelievable to see this. And this is the top six that, you know, the Canucks can actually win with. The Canucks can do some damage with this top six. Like, this is a legitimate NHL top six. I'd argue that it's one of the best in the league, man. Mm-hmm. Well, that's the thing. I mean, and it's not even like it's 100% clicking it. Because I, I wonder I wonder how much better that top six is. Because if you're just, like, rearranging the players, I, I just I want to see what Toffoli looks like with Pearson and Horvath. I feel like that that combination of players is so perfect because, like, to fully, if there's like one thing I've learned from watching him play, is he just loves to shoot from anywhere. Like he'll fire a shot from anywhere. He'll oh, find man. open space. And I think that if he gets going with Horvat and Pearson, and you get Brock back up to the first line, and the lot and the lotto line gets back together and starts clicking, like 
this team has has a lot of a lot of positives coming back right now. They're they're fighting for their playoff lives right now, which is something I like. I couldn't believe three weeks ago that we'd be talking about them like battling for a wild card spot, but now they're in a like not a good spot. Like they're not in a good spot. I can't say that, but like they're in a way better spot than they were just a week ago. And Brock Besser came back like fast. Like he practiced that one day. Uh, media went nuts. Twitter went nuts. All Canucks fans were so happy. And then he hops right back into the game. You know, like I said, he looked a little bit rusty, but I think I liked his game quite a bit. I just um, think that it's an upgrade to the Horvat line, but I also don't know if it fits the way that Travis Green wants to play with that Horvat line so much. And I wonder if we saw a little bit of difference in that. And that's maybe why we saw the JT Miller Elias Pedersen yeah, line yeah. match up against the Barzell. Yeah, I was just about to say that's probably, you know, that probably has something to do with it. He's looking for who he can trust. And, you know, Besser's made huge strides on his defensive play. Like, Besser has been so much better than he was before. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's something, you know, when you talk about players that Travis Green has developed, a lot of people just point to Brock Besser and not much else. So, yeah. <laughs> you know, you look at that, and I, I see that Besser's on that line, and I'm thinking, like, okay, maybe they're going to shy away from a matchup role there. Like, you know, you're, you're going to get Jay Beagle back, who Green loves in that matchup role. So we'll have to see what happens, but we got to talk about the bottom six a little. The Gods of War line, as it was dubbed by Wyatt Arndt, our friend from The Athletic. Actually, not not our friend. I, uh, you know, me and him are button heads right now. No, that's a joke. Um, we, uh, yeah, we, um, we are talking about the bottom six here. God of War line, man, what do you think about them so far? Your first impression of the Zach McEwen, Adam Gaudet, and Antoine Roussel line. Yeah, uh, I like it. I like the idea of Adam Gaudet playing with players who can, you know, bring the energy level up to their level, uh, up to his level. Like, if you can get Adam Gaudet buzzing, that's when he's at his best. And Antoine Roussel can do that. He's looked a little bit better over the past couple games here, which we've really needed. And I just, I mean, Zach McEwen's been excellent, obviously. Like, he he had the two goals against Colorado. He had the one goal against uh, the New York Islanders the other night. He's uh he's looked really good. The big fella has been on fire, man. And uh, I know Corey's just loving it down there. And we're watching the Utica game yeah. right here in front of us, actually, as this is going on. But I like the idea of Zach McEwen hopping in. And if you look at how that line was deployed on the game against the Islanders, it was deployed as the fourth line. Like it only played about five minutes of five on five time together. And I think that's fine because you know Zach McEwen probably isn't the type of player that should be getting you know, like 15 plus minutes right now. I think he's still got a long ways to work before he gets to that level. But if he continues to just produce like this, like it's, it's pretty awesome to see. He's, uh, he's scoring a hell of a lot of goals. He's making his line score a hell of a lot of goals. And if he keeps this up, this is the type of player that I wanted to see the Canucks have when they get into the playoffs, a guy that can go to the net hard, a guy who can finish his checks, a guy who can drop the gloves when he needs to. And a guy that, you know, goes out there and hustles and, works his ass off every single time he's on the ice. And if Zach McEwen can keep this up, even if the goals aren't coming like we're seeing right now, like if, if he's not scoring a ton of goals and having two goal games and being the first star of the game and all this stuff, mm-hmm. like he just needs to be impactful like around that part of the game. Like yep. he needs to be an impactful fourth line right winger because you look at every single team in the playoffs that go on these deep runs and there's always like that one player who like the other team doesn't think about very much and then they go off and they score a bunch of goals in a playoff series and they end up like scoring these huge goals because the team like is going to be worried about the Pedersen line. They're going to be worried about the Horvat line. 
they're not going to be thinking about Zach McEwen. So maybe he can like surprise people and be that fourth line player that every playoff team seems to have every single year. Yep. And we do have a little bit of injury news to talk about. So this from TSN's Rick Dollywall. Canucks announced Chris Tanev is week-to-week with a lower body injury. This was sustained in the game last night against the Islanders. Uh, Tanev left in the second, I think it was, and didn't come back for the rest of the match. I was told three to five weeks this morning, but not confirmed. Sounds like the knee. Chris, immediate thoughts on the Canucks losing Chris Tanev, who had played up to this point every game of the season. Yeah, it's tough to see. The knee, obviously, and I mean... So, like, he took a hit at one point. He obviously probably blocked, like, 25 shots that game. Uh, but, like, I guess it was from the hit that he took. And, yeah, it's, you know, like, he's he's had an incredible start to this season, uh, 69 games, which is, you know, a nice amount for him to get to without getting injured. It's too bad that he's going to suffer this injury because it's also going to affect a lot of players around him. But the other thing is, like, Quinn Hughes, if you look at a lot of the analytic numbers behind it, he is producing at a much higher rate uh, when he is away from a guy like Chris Tanev, you know, maybe that's because when Hughes is with Myers, they're in a lot of more offensive situations. But then you would think that like Quinn Hughes' defensive game would drop when he's away from Tanev, but like the analytics back it up that it really hasn't. And I mean, that's the thing that's kind of shocking to me because I would have thought that that's the reason that Quinn Hughes is with Chris Tanev, so that Chris Tanev can play defense while Quinn Hughes does his thing offensively. But so Quinn Hughes, when he's partnered up with Chris Tanev, they are controlling 46% of the goal share. When they're on the ice together at 5-on-5, they have scored 29 goals. I mean, the people on the ice have scored 29 goals, and they have been scored on 34 times. When Quinn Hughes is away from Chris Tanev, the people on the ice have scored 29 goals for the Canucks, and they've been scored on 20 times. They're controlling almost 60% uh, of the goal share when Hughes is away from Tanev. So I'm wondering like, what combination they're going to go with here moving forward because Quinn Hughes has, you know, he's he's unreal. Like we we just we like we there's not much more you can say about this kid. He's just unreal. He's he's a treat to watch. We're so lucky as Canuck fans every single time to see him. But like where where do you go from here with Chris Tanner because it seems like that's the partner that he's had all year. Yeah, like, man, when we talk about the D-pairs and you see Chris Tanev go down, I think about what's going to happen now. Like, is Fantenberg and Ben going to be a pair? And Meyer slides up with... Hughes is that what we're going to see Stetcher plays with Edler like I don't see Stetcher and Hughes playing together on a yeah. on a D pairing for a full 60 minutes uh so I'm thinking Quinn Hughes just got a new D partner and his name is Tyler Myers uh man like we'll have I wish we were doing riding the bus tonight because you know I never say that because I don't know much about the comments but <laughs> man like we could be asking Corey about Brogan Rafferty right now and is it time to call it Brogan Rafferty so I'll pose that same question to you Chris I just is got a time? text from Corey like right now. He said, I'm good to go whenever you are. Uh-oh. We're not doing riding the bus on, on Sorry, the Corey. shows. <laughs> not, That's so funny today. that he said that. I literally just had that pop up. But um, yeah, so he's probably confused that it's not Friday. Either. You better text him back. You can <laughs> omit that Brogan Rafferty question because I just got a bit of news. Okay. I, you haven't seen Sorry, this. I was ahead. on my phone. The NBA just canceled their season because of the coronavirus. The rest what? of the NBA season is over. They just, they just canceled it because Rudy Gobert just tested positive for coronavirus. No. Yeah, 100%. I promise you. I promise. I 100% promise you. So, Chris, I know you're fact-checking me right now, but for everybody listening, this is true. This is true. I have checked my sources. This is 100% true. And another thing, Tom Hanks has the coronavirus. That was another thing that just popped up on my phone. Like, this is horrible. So, we lose Tom Hanks to the coronavirus. Yeah, they suspended the season. 
They suspended the season. Yeah, canceled just sounds cooler. Okay, and we sorry. I better reword that. We did not lose Tom Hanks to the coronavirus. This but, coronavirus stuff. I don't. We can maybe talk about it, but it is starting to piss me off. It's it, man. Like okay, okay. Let's talk about it because there's some relation to the Canucks here. So okay. the Canucks dressing room has been closed to media. The Canucks and uh, Jeff Patterson and everybody involved with the Botchford Project chose to not have a tenth candidate for the Botchford Project. There was right. going to be a tenth. They ended it at nine. The ninth candidate, Danielle Huntley, did a great job, by the way. Patreon supporter. Yeah, Patreon supporter, listener of the show. Uh, she Lover went, of cats. Yes, lover of cats. She went on the show, or the show, she went to the Botchford Project as the ninth candidate, and this was already after the Canucks had implemented the new protocols where... All the reporters had to go into the uh, media room and players would come to the podium to yep. speak rather than in scrums, which, you know, I think is better. I'd like that personally. Like, I, I hated getting in scrums. It's probably just because I'm shorter and, like, I felt intimidated by everybody except for <laughs> Brennan Bachelor, who's my height. Um, <laughs> Damn, well, shot at Bachelor. Hey, it's okay. Short kings, man. Short yeah, kings. Short kings. That's why you're yeah. taking out Alex Ald. He's yeah, too tall. Exactly. Yeah, he's too tall. Anyways, what was I talking about? Oh, coronavirus. Yeah. yeah. Uh, pretty serious stuff. Um, but. I, I wonder, like, the NBA just suspended their season. Like, how awful would it be if when the NHL season, especially for Canucks fans, is so tight right now and such a, it's like... like a playoff game. It's everything. Man, so tight. Like a playoff game. Every game is like a playoff game here. And all of a sudden... Like, wow, I can't believe the... I'm just thinking... Sorry, it's just like clicking in it. Like, the NBA suspended their season. Like, this could really happen in the NHL. Yeah, I know, man. The NBA is a bigger Damn. league than the NHL. I just wonder, like, if we're talking about, like, well, you got to say, though, like, what happened with Rudy Gobert that, like, made those suspenders? Like, you got to tell this story, because this is ridiculous. Okay. So, people who don't know, Rudy Gobert is a center for... The Utah the, Jazz. Utah Jazz. We're so, you got to tell what guys. happened here. We're not Because this is ridiculous. Guys. So, this is what happened. So, Rudy Gobert... This is Tuesday night Canucks... Con- or, Wednesday night Canucks conversation, by the way. We don't even talk about hockey. So, Rudy Gobert... Oh, that on Friday. ...touches all the mics and recorders that are being pushed in his face to prove he's not scared of coronavirus. This is what somebody told me. Don't You, you <laughs> should definitely fact check this before going to tell all your friends and family because I have not. But if this story is true, this is hilarious. Like He was showing everybody that he wasn't afraid of getting coronavirus. Then he tests positive for coronavirus. They cancel their game. And then like an hour later, the NBA suspends their season because this guy tested positive for coronavirus. I can't believe this story. Like everything happening right now, like it feels like it's a dream and that we're going to just wake up and be like, whoa, dude, I just had a dream. You and me were recording a podcast on a Wednesday night and Rudy Gobert. He did touch all the microphones. I got a fact check. So he did. He touched all the microphones. So that's not like a made up story. And now he has it. So yeah, that is brutal. And I don't know. It's like, okay. Horrible. So the only thing with, here's my thing with the coronavirus. I understand that it's like a huge, you know, it's getting to the point of like a, a a pandemic. Is that the right word for it? I think so. Yeah. It's pandemonium. That's what it is. Like it's, it's a huge, um, I guess sickness that's going around. And I think that it's a good idea for people to like contain it as much as possible. But also if you look at a lot of these other things that are like killing people daily, like the, isn't like the, the flu is still killing like 10 times more people, like a hundred times more people in a day. You're asking the wrong guy. Like, dude, I don't know. I come into journalism class here every Tuesday and they start talking about it and I am so lost. I'm the worst person (laughs) to talk about this. (laughs) I don't even know if a pandemic is the right word. And I just want to clarify people. Like I'm laughing 
at Rudy Gobert for touching all the mics. I'm not yes. laughing at the coronavirus and all the damage it's caused and every you know, like it's legitimately like frightening yeah, it's definitely... and it's it's horrible. Like right. somebody in Lynn Valley actually lost their life and that's like horrible. Like, mm-hmm. My grandma's in one of those care homes and man, like I know they're That's like, the scary thing is like when it yeah. gets new a care home, right? Because that's yeah, that's what I understand yeah. is just like that situation and that's good that they're probably doing a lot of these precautions to like limit the chance of that happening, but this is like I guess the fact that I was waiting for like like one of if I knew like a professional athlete was going to test positive, I knew that was going to change everything. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And that immediately did. As soon as Rudy Gobert tested positive, which is so dumb that he did this with the mic stuff. Uh, but like Why as soon you- as a player tests positive, that changes everything. So now that the NBA suspended their season and, you know, there's a spot like what's going on with San Jose, they can't have over a thousand people yeah, in an yeah. arena so they had to ohio the, as well so columbus did the same thing yeah harvard's hockey season is harvard's over too done. so jack Rathbone. man wow we got so much to talk about let's man okay so yes sorry everybody let's just recap that as well because of the coronavirus uh harvard's hockey season has ended mm-hmm. canucks prospect jack rathbone is on that team there was talks that the canucks were going to sign him after his season there Very or maybe wait until the next year but now he's got no hockey to play ended pretty early yeah yeah it ended pretty early he i don't think they're going to sign him this year. i don't think they will either but he could go down to the comments and you know uh rick dollywell tweeted that the canucks are looking at it and they're gonna like reach out i think hmm. but i'm man like adding rathbone to the comments i'd like to see him make the jump to only uh, levy injury problems it makes a lot of yeah, sense on the left side yeah, yeah exactly like man let's see what this kid can do i'd love if he came over i don't know if he will uh this season but yeah so the harvard hockey season has been suspended along with the nba season so man like I just hope nothing happens to the NHL because what's this podcast going to be when the Canucks season ends in mid-March? Well, I guess it usually just ends in April anyway, but It'll still. The Corona cast. The Corona cast. Get into that. No, I mean like, Gosh. yeah, so I guess just like the fact that this news is dropping right now is like I haven't even really processed it, but like this this is, I feel like this is going to happen in the NHL. It's going to be suspended. You know, like yeah. I think that the fact that a basketball player's had it, I feel like hockey is like with all of like their their gear that they have to wear and how that can just like how an Eat, illness goes around in the NHL so fast and you hear about teams getting sick at the same time like yeah like one player gets sick on one hockey team if one i wonder if that's like what is the thing that's going to push them to that limit because like the NBA it seemed like as soon as one player tested positive that's when they were going to have to shut it all down i think yeah, if one NHL player tests positive you know that they're going to have to shut it all down it's like Wow, I'm still like I'm just trying to figure out like that's so wild that the NBA just suspended their season, but like I guess they kind of have to, right? I guess, yeah. Like, man, like we know nothing about this virus. Like you, you and me, like man, you should call your doctor friend up. There's, yeah. Well, she's a concussion (laughs) specialist. Oh, whatever. (laughs) Knows more than us. Yeah, she definitely knows more than us. But yeah, I feel bad for everybody like watching this. There's one person who knows everything about this virus and is just listening in their car right now, just screaming at the wheel because they're like, "What are they talking about?" Because no, we'll just say it. We don't really know what we're talking about, but we're gonna talk anyway. That's what that's what this show's all about. You know, I wonder what it's going to be like when, because like the Canucks are, you know, Vancouver is a very pop, like a, a very busy city and there's a lot of travel that goes through Vancouver. So I'm wondering when that kind of gets dropped here, that there can't be crowds of over a thousand people and like what it's going to be like if they are playing games. Because now, like, honestly, I'm, I'm seriously thinking that the NHL season is going to be suspended. I really hope not, man. Like, I don't. I hope not either, but I'm seriously thinking that it's going to be suspended. 
Yeah. If the NBA is going to go out there and suspend their season, they make more money than the NHL. True, true. The leagues are probably all going to follow suit. Like I know. Yeah, in, they're going to. Uh, ha- they announced it together. Yeah. Like they announced that one thing together, and that's like the first time you'll see all four of like the major leagues that are going right now announce something together. Is that when they said that? Uh, I guess that was when they just like took everybody and all the four major sports out of the media room. They said no more locker room stuff. We're going to do separate. And now the NBA announces and suspended. Yeah, they're going to. I'm I'm pretty certain, and this is gonna suck, but I'm pretty sure that they probably are gonna have to suspend the NHL season. And then what happens? Do they pick up in May when hopefully this is all blown over, or whenever this does blow over? Like, dude, this damn coronavirus, man, is pissing me off. Look at this Wednesday night <laughs> it's episode, horrible. But like, uh, I I just like wonder what like I don't know because I I can't think of like this impact coming from the other stuff that's happened, like similar sort of, you know, viruses that have gone around. But I also wonder if maybe that's because, like, social media wasn't so prevalent back then, mm-hmm. you know, with the SARS and you know, I'm not even sure of the other ones. But, like, I just think at the time, like, maybe because social media wasn't so prevalent, we didn't have it like this. But I don't know. I base- I'm, my brain is in a freaking twist. I know. You look, yeah. I'm yeah. out. Of, I'm flustered. I think baseball survived a couple plagues. Like, baseball's been around Probably. since, like, the 1800s. Let's ask them. Let's figure out the with the baseball historians what happened when there was all these plagues with uh, with baseball. I don't know, man. Except they mostly happened in Europe. Man, we know nothing. Like, we know nothing about, like, history, nope. the coronavirus. I don't know which was like- first, World War One or World War Two. I just I don't <laughs> even know which one came first. But, uh... Okay, let's get back to some hockey. Where, where were we on there? Oh, yeah, when this is a hockey podcast. Tana? So, with Tanev, the injury. Um, it's his knee. It's not You know what I'm wondering? Sick. Like, they're not going to cancel hockey in the KHL. <laughs> so, like, now, like, you have to, th- now, like, Nikita Triamkin's season ends really early. The NHL oh, season gets suspended. I, this. I don't know, man. This is so Now funny. you can talk about Triamkin again. Why are we talking about, okay, let's, let's wrap up here with some injury news, okay? All right, whatever. Jacob Markstrom. Uh, skated yesterday. Unclear if he oh, was in pads. I was insider too at Rugby Sevens breaking. I saw Were Jacob you? Marks from walking. Oh. Totally looked fine uh, at Rugby Sevens on Saturday. Uh, he was with Oscar Fantenberg and another uh, another player. I didn't know. Is he is he faking it? Is that what Possibly. Chris Faber said? He's faking his injury. I was like, man, I had such an awesome like weekend at the Rugby Sevens. Like covering that tournament was so cool and like getting quotes from rugby dudes are awesome. Like they're so, like, they, they're just like super excited that people are there to interview them. They're obviously like big stars, especially in that Vancouver sevens and like all around the world, that sevens tournament does amazing, but I just, they're not like every single day getting bombarded by reporters. Like they, their interviews are so much more fun. They, they like totally have like no problem opening up and uh, just giving you amazing quotes. I loved the rugby sevens, but then I was like, man, today's been an awesome day. And then as I'm walking away, I just see like, Jacob Markstrom, like, walking down this, like, like narrow little area where the media was walking. And he's just, like, he's walking fine. So, I like, I, I was just excited that I saw that. He was with Fantenberg. They were taking in some Rugby Sevens action. Uh, so, yeah, now the fact that he's skating, he did, like, a little private skate session uh, <laughs> on the same day that, like, Brock Besser was get, coming back in, which was awesome. Um, so, that's huge. I think just the fact that he's getting back on the ice now is huge because now, like, Thatcher Demko was great against the New York Islanders, man. You face 49 shots and you yeah. let in four. That's a hell of a game. Stops all three of them in the shootout with a pad stack for the last one. Hell yeah, dude. Oh, man. Demko. Yeah, that's the thing. Like, I wrote an article for Canucks Army called Jacob, or Thatcher Demko is not Jacob Markstrom. And that's okay. Because there were so many people that were like, man, Demko's shaky. Like, yeah, okay. I'll give you the first couple games. He, he didn't look great, especially in Toronto. I'll give you that. 
But then, you know, we we talk about the problems with this team, and a lot of them are masked by Jacob Markstrom. And I looked at their high danger uh, save percentages, and, you know, wouldn't you know it, Markstrom's is higher than Demko's. How many times do we see Markstrom just absolutely bail out a bad defensive play in front of him and make a huge highlight reel save? Like, Demko did that, what, like five times last night? Right after I put out that article? Huge saves. Like, my gosh, he was on fire last night. Like, Mm -hmm. it was unbelievable to see that from him. That one that he made on the five on three where he over crossed to his right side and made the pad, right pad. It's like, oh. And then he did he did a similar save to Matt Barzell at five on five right after that. Yeah. Yeah, he was incredible. Man, like, and also just like talking about the Canucks, which is what we should probably do on the show. Oh, yeah. how many posts and crossbars are they hitting right now? Especially it's Jake Furtanen. Jake Furtanen, man. Jake Furtanen is buzzing. Now, don't get me started. I went off last week. Yeah. But they are hitting so many posts right now that, okay, so like they they were getting they were getting lucky a lot of the time early on in the season, whether you look at how much they were getting outplayed analytically or just the fact that you know a lot of these shots were going in or getting lucky goals. Then this past little bit, this past month, maybe month and a half, they've been more unlike the unlucky side, right? And I think that this team, like what I would hope for this team is when they get to game like 73, 74, it all balances out. And if this team can find a way to like balance it out, they have enough skill, they are a playoff team, but they've had a lot of ups, they've had a luck, like a very lucky time. They've had a very unlucky time where they've outplayed teams and still lost games. But I'm wondering what this team is like when everything balances out. And that's when I think, you know, that's what kind of happens in the playoffs. So if they can get to the playoffs right now, I still think they are. Like, I still think they're a good team. I still think they're a playoff team. And I wonder if that's when everything balances out in the playoffs. Like, maybe you get a couple. Obviously, you're going to have bounces go your way and have bounces go the other team's way. Brent Sopel talked about it when he was on the Patreon with us. He said the only difference between winning a Stanley Cup and, and not winning a Stanley Cup is how many bounces you get when you're in a playoff in the playoff run. Yeah, yeah. Right? He said that he, he liked his teams better. Like, he thought he had better teams in the West Coast, Expre- West Coast Express era than he did on that Chicago team. That Chicago team just got bounces, and that's why he won the Stanley Cup. But that's what I want to see this Canucks team do because, man, they've been uh, unlucky for the past you know month or so. And they've they've played some bad games too. Like it's not just luck for the reasons that they're leaving. They've played some bad games, but they've played some good ones as well. They have. They've played some good games and lost. That's what I'm talking about with like being unlucky. Is they've played a lot of good games and lost them. And you know when you lose your goaltender and Jacob Markstrom, that's so huge as well. So I wonder what kind of impact uh, he's going to have when he comes back. Because it's almost like we've all invested so much time and thoughts into Thatcher Demko now that we're all like almost at the spot right now where it's just like. You just crave to see what Jacob Markson does when he gets back because it's going to be so huge, going to make a huge impact on this team. Um, Chris Tanev injury is unfortunate. Uh, like they just got back with the Brock Besser, so like this team needs to stay relatively healthy to get into the playoffs. Still, I mean, I couldn't imagine losing another guy in the top six or another guy in the top four right now on defense. I mean, that's that would break this team pretty hard. Um, Dude, I can't get the goddamn coronavirus off of my mind. We can wrap up. I yeah, just wanna, okay. We need to wrap. I can't yeah. believe the. I just want to wrap up. The final thing I want to say about it. I can't believe the NBA has suspended their season. Yeah, that's pretty crazy. But the NHL is going to. Like I'm, I'm saying it right here. Okay, you heard it here first, folks. Maybe the first podcast getting that out there. Oh man, because it literally happened as we're recording. I don't want that to get. Out. Oh yeah, that. Oh yeah, the news in general. Yeah. And we're recording in two days. I'm gonna do some research. I'll yeah, be back on Friday, man. Chris and I are literally gonna bring you the best Canucks coronavirus podcast in the whole market. We're gonna like know so much about this. I'm just kidding. I'm not doing any. No, research. I'm not doing it. <laughs> Anyways, this Could is what we, we just have- not name this episode Corona. Something like we're not putting Corona in the title. No, not a chance. No, because no. we're gonna see a bunch of those. Podcasts. We're gonna call it Rudy Gobert on the hockey podcast. No, yeah. Oh my goodness. No, uh, 
what was I going to talk about? Oh, yeah. So, I didn't swear this episode, something I was trying not to do. Sorry yeah, to... What? Yeah, you did. When? Early on. No. Yeah. You said the bad word for poo. Okay. Man, that's which a is, step You didn't up. drop an F-bomb. It didn't episode. drop an F-bomb, which is what I got called out for. So, sorry to one of our listeners who was listening with his daughter in the car. Like, I'm genuinely apologetic about that. Like, yeah. sorry, man. I was really amped up about last week. Like, we try not to swear too much, but it's definitely in my vocabulary, like my common vocabulary. So Yeah, you're a lot worse when the mic's off. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I can tone it down a bit when the mic's on. but Your Italian gets going. Yeah, I really do get going a lot of the times. But anyways, uh, we did want to close out with the Canucks have a back-to-back road trip coming up. They're in Arizona tomorrow. And they are in Colorado on Friday before returning home. But the big thing about that Colorado game, Nate McKinnon is out for two weeks Ooh. with a regular injury. Okay. Not sick. Jeez. All right. Uh, okay. Yeah. Huge games. Uh, it's one of those quick road trips because if you look at the way that this schedule is shaping up, they're going to be doing like a lot of these little two or three game road trips to wrap up. This one's going to be three games uh, taking on the Ducks. Or sorry, that's the one that's next week. So they're taking on the Coyotes, they're taking on the Avalanche, and then they're back home, which is kind of cool. Like this this next little bit, they play a lot of games, a lot of back-to-backs. They have three back-to-backs in the next three weeks. Um, so they need to win that game against Arizona. You know, after losing to Arizona last time, the way that the playoffs are shaping out, anytime you're going to match up against a Pacific team, you need that first game. So I hope that we see Demko that first game. Colorado played their backup against us the other day. Um, I wonder if Deming plays for the Canucks on Friday mm-hmm. against the Avalanche. Uh, we'll be recording as we're going into that, so maybe we'll pull it up on the TV and not be so dated as we're recording, but we'll see what happens. Uh, man, huge game Thursday uh, against the Coyotes. I'm just hoping that like this Canucks team seems like they need like they need one game. Like I thought they were going to win that game against the blue jackets, like a hundred thousand percent after they won against Colorado. seems like after they win a game like that, they just, that's when they need to go on a run, right? Like Canucks aren't really a team that wins and loses and wins and loses. Like they either win a bunch of games or they lose a bunch of games in a row. So if they can get off to like another big start against the coyotes um, and you mentioned Nate McKinnon's going to be out. So that's a huge hit to the Colorado avalanche. Um, but it is back-to-back nights. It's back-to-back with two nights of travel. Um, so we'll see. We'll see how it looks. All right, everybody. That was a Wednesday edition of the Canucks Conversation. My name is David Quadrelli. My host, Hold my on. co-host One is Chris Faber. I, man, you, oh, I know I what the last thing is going to be. Stuff. No, I'm not going to forget. What are you going to say? Talk about our giveaway. No, that's not it either. What? Coronavirus? We're on, we're on 650 on Friday. Oh, yeah, we are on 6.50 on Friday. Sorry, we're going to be on the morning show on Sportsnet 6.50. Nobody's listening at this point. Everybody's canceled out the podcast. People tuned out as soon as you said Rudy Gobert. Yeah. Anyways, we are going to be on the 6.50 morning show alongside James Sabalski and Perry Solkowski, 8 a.m. Friday morning. Uh, Very excited for that. Uh, Check us out on there. Definitely check out our giveaway, which Chris wasn't going to mention and didn't want me to mention. (laughs) I got more if you want to talk about more. more. Yeah. More Canucks stuff? Yeah. What? We're going to be opening a pack of Series 2. Big another pack oh, opening on Friday. Yeah, yeah. But I already mentioned that at the start. Riding the bus is coming back. Sorry, Corey. I got your Sorry, text. Corey. <laughs> yep, yep. Our bad. Um, yeah. I, I hope people still listening like at this point because this has been twice now where you and I just like butt heads right at the end when I'm closing Man, out the I, show. I know. I'm bad at this stuff. I needed to like so go. Good. I needed to. You, my file my names. Way. My oh, file my names. People like people don't understand that. Yeah. My okay. So Chris is very OCD when it comes to the way he preps files, like audio files. I just for have our every single file that I have of the podcast is in such nice, like it's organized very nicely on my computer. It's in like a certain file. It's all with the first letter capital. If there's a period, you capitalize the next letter. I like it. It looks smooth. And then I get 
files from you there, like, like <laughs> full like caps All and like caps. numbers, like you'll write like seventy one using letters, and it's just like I, I don't even know, man. This drives me insane. That's why I do a lot of the editing because I just can't deal with your file names that you send over. <laughs> Oh, it's so good. Okay, anyways, uh, that's about it. Definitely go check out that giveaway on Twitter. Check us out on Sportsnet 650 this Friday morning. For Chris Faber, my name is David Quadrelli. You have been listening to the Canucks Conversation. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.